0: This is Sidebar, where we break away from the echo chamber to give you the inside track on the latest legal issues and trends in business, law, and society, and predict what they mean for your future. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sidebar's Spotlight on ESG season, which looks at how environmental, social and governance factors are affecting the legal sector. I'm Emma Danks, a corporate partner at Taylor Wessing. And today I'm joined by Tim Pinto, one of our senior counsel in our IP and media team to discuss environmental advertising claims. Let's get started. So first of all, looking at why environmental claims are important, the government has set a net zero target for 2050. And so consumers are looking for businesses to be more environmentally friendly and businesses are trying to do this both for themselves, but also to attract those consumers. So in that context, Tim, can you tell us what is greenwashing?
1: Yes. Well, the first thing to say is that, as you've already alluded to, marketers are increasingly making green claims and consumers are increasingly looking for environmentally friendly products and services. So terms such as sustainable, natural, carbon neutral, eco, organic, recycled, recyclable, biodegradable, plastic free, uh, they're just some of the terms that are increasingly being used. Greenwashing is the practice of marketing a company or organisation so they appear more environmentally friendly or ecological than they actually are. So while many companies and marketers use descriptive terms fairly and accurately, others have been accused of making unfounded or misleading claims to try to persuade consumers to buy their products or services. In summary, greenwashing is making misleading environmental claims.
0: So which regulators are you seeing being involved in in monitoring those environmental claims in advertising and what kind of guidance have they published?
1: Well, very good question, because a lot of uh, the UK regulators are looking at this at the moment. So the UK's Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA, the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, the Department for Environmental, Food and Rural Affairs, DEFRA, and the Department for Business Energy and Industrial Strategy, BEIS, they've all set out guidance on making environmental claims. I mean, I'd say the ASA is probably the most important one for general marketing for businesses in the UK. And they have a couple of codes, the BCAP code, which is for broadcast, and the CAP code is for non-broadcast. And they have specific sections on making environmental claims. The ASA has actually conducted a review of the rules in September 2021 And it's decided that while the existing rules are okay, the rising number of misleading green claims warranted further guidance. And um, they've provided uh, guidance for agencies and marketers, and they're also conducting inquiries on uh, environmental claims in relation to aviation, cars, waste, animal-based foods, and heating, just as examples. The CMA, which is the sort of consumer regulator in the UK, they've set out a green claims code, And that states that claims must be truthful and accurate, clear and unambiguous and fully substantiated. And they've undertaken a review of environmental claims in the fashion sector, but uh, they're looking at other sectors as well.
0: So it sounds, Tim, like there's quite a large body of regulation for businesses to be aware of. Where do you suggest the starting point is for them when they're assessing marketing claims? What rules do they need to know about?
1: Yeah, very good question. I'd say that even though there's quite a lot of different rules and regulations, the best place to start is the UK's CAP code, which is for non-broadcast ad. That's administered by the Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA. And the way to start is look at section one, which says the central principle for all marketing communications is that they should be legal, decent, honest and truthful and they should be prepared with a sense of responsibility to consumers and society. But crucial to the issue of greenwashing is Section 3, which covers misleading advertising. And in summary, marketing communications must not materially mislead consumers, either through what they include or what they don't include, and consumers must be given sufficient information to make informed decisions in relation to products. And marketers must hold documentary evidence which objectively substantiates the claims they make. And then on uh, in section 11 of the code, there's a specific section on making environmental claims. And the most important rules are that the basis of environmental claims must be clear. Unqualified claims could be misleading if they omit significant information. And the rule I think is the most important that catches people out the most is that marketers... Must base environmental claims on the full life cycle of the advertised product, unless the marketing communication states otherwise, and must make clear the limits of the full life cycle. If a general claim cannot be justified, a more limited claim about specific aspects of a product may be justifiable. Marketers must ensure that claims that are based only on part of the full life cycle do not mislead consumers about the product's total environmental impact.
0: So it sounds like the full life cycle of a product is very important. Can you tell us a bit more about what that actually means?
1: Sure. Yeah, it's, it's not obvious, I think, to most advertisers, but the full life cycle of the product is basically the whole of the product or service's um, life cycle, including its supply chain. And that will include how and where it was manufactured or produced or carried out, how it is transported from the place of manufacture or origin, its use or performance, uh, the disposal of the product and any waste or byproducts caused by the product uh, and the consequences of any environmental benefit claimed, the period in which it will be realised and whether the product or service has an overall adverse impact on the environment.
0: And can you give us any examples of where the ASA has ruled that advertisers have actually breached the code?
1: Sure. The first example, and these are actual ASA decisions which went against the advertisers. The first example was a radio advertisement for Shell Go Plus, and the voice on the radio ad for the energy company claimed, although you might not be able to see it, your small actions can have a real impact with Shell drive carbon neutral by filling up and using Shell Go Plus today. Make the change, drive carbon neutral. And there was a complaint about this and the ASA said that listeners were likely to infer that Shell Go Plus was a fuel for which Shell would offset the carbon emissions related to that fuel purchase so that the consumers could drive carbon neutral. But in fact, Shell Go Plus was a loyalty scheme it wasn't a fuel, to which customers were required to sign up and then show their membership card when they made a purchase. And the carbon emissions relating to that fuel purchase would then be offset by Shell. And the ASA ruled there was nothing in Shell's advertisement which might indicate that Shell Go Plus was actually a loyalty scheme rather than a fuel, and so the ad was misleading. And in summary, the ad just wasn't clear enough. The second example was a press ad for Arla Organic Farm Milk and that stated, good for the land, helping to support a more sustainable future. So what did that mean? Well, the ASA ruled that consumers would think it means that the production of the organic farm milk was undertaken in a way that would have had an overall positive impact on the environment, taking into account its full life cycle from start to finish. And the manufacturer, Foods. They actually provided evidence on their organic farming methods, uh, and they believed that they were more sustainable than non-organic farming methods. However, they failed to provide evidence that the organic milk production had an overall positive impact on the environment, taking into account the full life cycle. So the ASA ruled the ad was misleading, and this, this example shows that the claim went further than ALA foods could actually substantiate with their evidence.
0: Those are some really fascinating day to day examples, Tim. And it just shows how businesses are trying to get a competitive edge by using ESG. So I think that's a key takeaway for business that ESG is only going to increase in importance. Uh, So, what tips would you have for our listeners about how they actually stay on the right side of the law in this respect?
1: The first thing is just be aware regulators are increasingly scrutinizing environmental advertising and marketing claims. Secondly, marketers should expect that members of the public and campaign groups and competitors will challenge their environmental advertising claims. It's amazing how often you know, members of the public or an environmental body will pick up on an ad and just challenge it. Thirdly, businesses need to be very clear when making any green claims, including by reference to the full life cycle of the product, unless the claim is expressly limited. Finally, businesses must be able to substantiate all environmental claims with objective technical documentary evidence. And that's uh, often a place where businesses probably think they don't have to do that, but they do. These types of claims um, are going to be made continually now, I would say, for a very long time with the government's target you mentioned of 2050. It's going to run on for a long time and I think businesses really need to get up to speed with this, this area if they're not already.
0: Yeah, it does sound like green claims will be increasing and there's just going to be even more importance for businesses to ensure that any environmental claims are really analysed from every angle before they're made. They've got to be very specific. And certainly you've demonstrated to us, Tim, the importance of being compliant in every respect. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Sidebar. Tim, thanks for joining me today. Look out for more from our spotlight on ESG season soon. If you'd like to learn more about what ESG might mean for you, please visit our website at taylorwessing.com forward slash ESG. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening to Sidebar. Tune into our next episode by subscribing now and have the inside track on the latest legal issues and trends in business, law, and society and what they mean for your future.